This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, but not with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. I am Rami Makloff, host of The Rami Show. Usually I'll start off with my whole bit about how this isn't Rami's show. This is Sparky's Midday Madness. It's a different show, Rami's show. I don't have any... I don't know how much funny I have in me today, guys. I always look for the funny and the fun in everything. I'm sorry if that's what you came here for today. We do have a show for you today. We're going to talk about last night's Bucks game. I want to talk about it with you at 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Sam Schmitz on the other side of the glass. Zach Gelb of CBS Sports Radio. He's going to join me at 245. We'll talk about what will... 230, excuse me, Sam. 230, Zach Gelb will be joining me. So get your, get in right now at 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. We'll look forward at a, a future possibly without Giannis in these playoffs coming up in the 3 o'clock hour when the actual Rami show starts. But right now, I just I just want to talk about last night with you. Let me help you. You help me. 414-799-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Because I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm, I'm so... I'm so... Sad and angry right now. I had a very out of character moment this morning. Sam, you know me. You know I'm a pretty level-headed, cool, calm, collected guy, right? For the most part. And especially when I'm away from microphones. This morning I'm walking through my neighborhood park. And you know, there are trails that go through the park and those trails intersect with streets and people park along those streets and there was so much parking available, so much parking available along the curb and somebody decided to just park right right in front of the walking path. And you know when you're you know when you're in a bad place 
and you let things that normally wouldn't affect you affect you, their windows were open. And for a second, I would never do this. I would never do this. But for a second, I was like, ooh, you should spit in their windows. <laughs> there were so many parking spots around and they parked right in front of the walking path. And I was so still pissed off and sad about what I saw last night that I had that thought. And I'm sorry that I even had that thought. But man, I'm sure a lot of people are in that state of mind. And we'll get to the Giannis injury here coming up soon. But before before Giannis ever goes down, and want to hear from you at 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 on the fan. I didn't spit in the car, by the way. This game and this series, essentially, were served up on a platter for you, man. Served up on a platter for you. And I've I've said on this show, like, there are no asterisks if a guy is hurt or whatever. But I've also said that doesn't mean we can't acknowledge that the game is made easier when a superstar goes down for the opposing team. When the, when the, the best scorer and best weapon goes down for the other team, it makes your life easier and made the path to an Eastern Conference championship that much easier. And man, with no Rayford or Trey Young or whatever we want to call him today... A chance to go up 3-1, headed back home with Atlanta demoralized and defeated. And for the third time this series, for the third time this series, this team showed up like it was a regular season game to start. And I've said, I've said I feel like big, big moments, big pressure moments tend to get to the Bucs. That is not what's happened in this series. These guys seem to not even understand where they are and the size and the magnitude of this thing and what it's going to take to win even when you're the better team. Now in games one, three, and four, the Bucks came out acting and playing like it was a regular season game. What is this crap? How does this keep happening? No energy. Terrible shots. Not going in the paint, no rebounding, turnovers. Coming into this game last night, the Bucks had outscored the Hawks by an average of more than 20 points in each of the first three games in the paint. They were outscoring them by 20 points a game in the paint. And then in the first half, 20 to 4 Hawks lead in points in the paint, while Giannis scored just six points on three of six shooting. Giannis didn't score until the 10.30 mark of the second quarter. How does that happen? Chris Middleton was 3 for 10 with 8 points. And Drew Holiday is 2 for 7 with 8 points. And the two of them turned the ball over 7 times in the first half. They took 40 shots in the first half, guys. 22 of them were three-pointers. More than half their shots in the first half are three-pointers when that stuff clearly ain't falling and you're clearly dominating them in the paint. Everything about that game was bad, and then it just got worse when Giannis got injured. And yeah, man, they were probably going to do the same thing that they did in Game 3. You saw Giannis start to get going, and they were starting to close the gap to start the third quarter before he goes down with a knee injury. But why are you even in that position? You're the better team when they have Trey Young on the floor. 
That dude is sitting on the sidelines, and you're letting the likes of Lou Williams, who's older than me, maybe not, he's not older than me, and Bogdanovich and Herter and Gallinari, you're letting the likes of those guys get off on you in the first half, run you off the court in the first half. How does this keep happening? And I I know a lot of people are sitting there going right now, hey man, that's that's on the players. I mean, these guys are professionals. They gotta they gotta show up, they gotta know. But man, there is an art to coaching. There is an art to coaching. And Coach Budenholzer's teams far too often are either are either cracking under big pressure moments or just look like they don't know that they're in big pressure moments and they think it's the regular season. And that's about pushing buttons, man. That's about managing people and personalities and and motivating guys and getting the most out of them. And this crap is just happening way, way too often. We can sit here and talk about the Giannis injury all day. And we will. We'll get into it. But h- how? How does how I I'm really kind of at a loss for words, which is a bad thing for a sports talk radio host. How? How three times in the Eastern Conference Finals has this team come out acting like it's a regular season game? How does a coach let that happen? How is somebody not looking at these guys and going, do you think you won the NBA Finals already? Did you think the Finals was in Brooklyn? Because it was not. We have another good team to go through. I know they weren't the ones on the billboard when the season started as as the big boss that we were going to have to get through to, to beat the game. I understand that. But the Atlanta Hawks aren't going down easy. That's not happening. They might have. With Trey Young out, if you came out yesterday and played with any killer instinct, you had them right where you wanted them, and then some. You had a 2-1 series lead, and their best player, and the hottest scorer left in the playoffs, sitting on the bench in a hoodie, watching. And you come out with that mess. I don't again I keep on come, going back to this. Ever since they started playing some brand of basketball that we didn't recognize from the regular season in that Brooklyn series, and I was saying, I don't know if that's what coach Bud is drawing up. I have a hard time believing that's what coach Bud is drawing up. Like dribble the life out of the basketball and then take a terrible shot. I can't believe that that's what Coach Bud would would be putting on that whiteboard on the sideline or preaching to his guys. But whether it is or whether they're just going out there and doing their thing, that's on him. Three seasons in, if the message ain't getting through, maybe it's the messenger. And if you don't know how to motivate your guys, if you can't read the room and see that this is a team that's not playing up to the moment... And knowing what buttons to push and which strings to pull to get the most out of them, then you're not a very good coach. 
and the crazy thing is, we all we all can kind of see this stuff coming, can't we? I remember after a week off before the Miami series saying this team might come out kind of cold and lackluster in the first game in this Miami series, and they did. They managed to win it. They had another week off before Brooklyn said the same thing, and guess what? They did it. And then come the Eastern Conference Finals, and I I said I hope they don't think the the job is done because that was a huge hump that they just got over, and it's it's a very human thing to breathe a sigh of relief after that. And they did it. And okay, you recover, you win game two, and then you go to Atlanta, and guess what? The road got you again. You didn't rise to the moment. How it happens again in game four, how you haven't get, gotten the wake-up call by now, is, 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 is beyond me. Guys, let's go down an alternate timeline. The Bucks don't come out and look like garbage last night in Atlanta. There's a good possibility maybe that play, that alley-oop to Capella, is never even thrown. Or if it is, Giannis is going, hey, we're up 18. Because we did what we were supposed to do out of the gates and dominated the paint and played with some energy and some passion. Maybe I don't go up with everything I have to try and block this alley-oop. And then we don't see the scene that we saw of Giannis laying on the court, crumpled up. That and that looked that looked bad, guys. I I'm not gonna diagnose it. I've read some stuff about what what it could be, what what type of injuries come out of hyperextension. I'm glad he was able to to walk on his own power. I, I'm even more glad that. He was able to walk from the locker room out to the bench and back to the locker room. It was a limp, but yes, he was walking. I guess that's good. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. If we find out anything today, we'll, of course, let you know as soon as we hear it right here on Sparky's Midday Madness and on the Rami Show coming up at 3 on 1250 AM, The Fan. But then even after the injury, Coach Bud still doesn't get it, man. They went on what, like a 15 to 5 run after Giannis goes down with no, nary a timeout to try and slow the thing down and shut the crowd up. I when it comes to, to managing the, the players, the people on this team and pushing buttons and pulling strings, I feel like I feel like me and Bucks fans see stuff that this guy doesn't, and that's baffling. I'm sad, I'm angry. I need to talk to you at 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio. He's going to join me at 230. want to hear as much as I can from you guys between now and then. Right here on 1250 AM. The fan. Yeah, it's a little disappointing. Uh, they came out with that desperation. Um, the desperation that they didn't want to go down 3-1. And, and we didn't have that same fight in the beginning of the game. Yeah, we tried to get it back. But uh, when you start off that hot and... Uh, two games in a row, you know, it, it's hard to really just flop that energy and, and, and the momentum and, <clears throat> and come back in a game. So uh, every game, we, we got to come out like it's like it's our last game. Yeah, it wasn't there. Two games in a row, we got off to a bad start. Um, last game, we were able to, to pull it out. Um, this game, we were never, never able to get it going. Um, you know, they play hard. They play great tonight. They hit shots. 
just got to do a better job of, you know, getting those 50-50 balls. That was a big part of the game in the first half. Um, playing with, like you said, more urgency, um, getting after it more. Um, they play hard. Um, we got to play harder than them. It's, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, there's no, like, if you ain't got the mindset to want to win right now, then you probably need another job. Same for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, PJ and Chris and Drew. Why are you guys saying the things we all know but not not doing it? Urgency, energy. How was this stuff missing last night before Giannis even goes down? Why are they even in that position? Maybe Giannis doesn't go down, but even if he does, if you come out and play the way that you should, you probably still win that basketball game. I I this this and obviously, because of the honest injury thrown in there, this was the hardest loss to swallow so far in the playoffs. And I'm not even I'm not even ready to talk about Game Five and how I feel about that because it's it's all going to be coming from a place of just being pissed off and sad about what I saw in Game Four. And that's what I want to talk about with you right now. We'll look forward after we talk with Zach Gelb of CBS Sports Radio. He's coming up at three thirty. Let's go out to the phones and let's go to my guy Lewis on the north side. You're on the on, on Sparky's Midday Madness. I almost said the Romney Show, but that doesn't start till three. What's up, Lewis? What's going on, man? Let, let me first say this: I take no great joy in being correct, but I told you, yes, a, a five for sixteen, a six for seventeen game was coming from from Chris Middleton. This is what this guy gives us. I didn't say you were wrong. I was saying yesterday. I still wonder before big games which Chris Middleton is going to no, show up. I, I, I take, like I said, no, no joy. No, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, you're right. But, but what happens is you have the, the coaching staff has to prepare a team for a game like this. And I, I, I'm, Rami, I'm going to tell you the problem. This team probably got into Atlanta on Saturday night. So you have Saturday night. They win Sunday night, Monday night. That's three nights of a basketball team, you know, 12, 13 guys with millions of dollars in a city like Atlanta. I can think of no other city in, in, in the country that I would want my team in. I, I wouldn't want them. I would want them anywhere but Atlanta. It's the strip so, club capital of the country. The strip club capital of the world. And, and my thing is, Budenholzer knows Atlanta, so maybe the coaching staff was there too because there was a point in that second half where I seen guys on our coaching staff with their arms crossed and their feet out, like uninterested in the game. And that's, you know, everything flows from the top down. And, you know, Middleton is going to be what Middleton is. But this guy, Bud, is going – like I've, I've seen it for two years. He's going to be the reason this team is not successful. So – you know, fire him right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to do it. But what's going to happen is, you know, we, we lose the series. We bring we bring Bud back for half a season next year. Once we get off to a bad start, they're going to fire him anyways. Man, if they lose this series, there's, there's no bringing back Bud. Well, you know, um, I, I think the ownership is going to say, oh, we lost. No, no, no. went down. With or without that, Giannis, there ain't, there ain't no bringing back Bud if they lose this series. You know, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't bring back Bud even if we won. You know what I'm saying? That's, but that's just me. This team was not ready to play. During a timeout, Bud was, was mic'd up. We were down 12 points. And this man said, our defense is fine. Our offense just keeps shooting. This was two minutes after Giannis airballed the three-point. It's like, come on, you, you got to have some accountability. To, I'm telling you, Rami, the team has tuned this guy out. Like, you, we've all been in companies where we tune the boss out because he doesn't know sure. what the hell he's doing. Yeah. And that, that is what this, this 
team has done, and the ownership has to recognize it and get this guy out of here. You know, and like I said, Chris Middleton is going to be Middleton, but you have to you have to do a, a Chris Paul, you have to do a Paul George. Where he shot every time he got the ball. Paul George did. Yep. And what what did Middleton do? He went into his, and I'm gonna say it, his second round shell. This guy, his confidence, we, we think it's there, but it, it isn't there. You can see it in his eyes. Lewis, you're 100% right. I got full phone lines and a guest coming up at 3.30, man. But but great call. You're you're right on the mark, man. Thank you so much. By the way, also uh, this. Collision at first base on on a grounder with a man on third. Patrick Wisdom for the Cubs is down. But a run is in for the Brewers. Who was that that ran into him? I didn't. I, I was. I was. You know, paying attention to my job, so I didn't see what happened. But it is now seven to three Cubs in the second inning out there at American Family Field. Tim Allen and the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin uh, baseball post game show coming up as soon as that game is done. Driven by Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, I saw somebody tweet last night. Is there a strip club in Atlanta that they didn't go to? Going back to Lewis's point that he started the call off with. Am I am I cra- am I naive to say that at the very least Giannis and Middleton don't seem like strip club guys to me? I know I know every guy has a strip club guy in him. We all got a strip club guy in us. You might just not be a regular, but I don't I don't feel like Giannis or Chris Middleton are strip club guys. Sam, would you agree? Or Drew Holiday? I don't think Giannis or Chris Middleton are strip club guys. Or Drew. I'm uh, I don't think Giannis or Chris are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Married dudes go to the strip club too. No, I, I'm not. But, there's nothing wrong with going to the strip club. It's totally fine. There's nothing. Right, there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm not saying Chris is. I'm just saying that Giannis, or I'm not saying Drew is. I'm saying Giannis and Chris definitely strike me as not strip club guys. Uh, Drew played in New Orleans for what four years, man. They got they got some spots out there. Let's go to Q on the north side. You're on the Rami show. What's up, Q? Hey man, how you doing, Ryan? Good. How are you, Q? Well, I'm not hey, good to be to honest. Call, I lied. I'm not good. I'm not either, man. I had to call, you know what I'm saying, because your opening, you know what I'm saying, was exactly how I felt last night. With like the Bucks. Oh my God, they and it's Bud. I know it's Bud. You know what I'm saying? Because he's been getting out cups since Toronto, but. I felt last night, you know what I'm saying, that that injury happened to Giannis because that they didn't jump on Atlanta faster, like you said. They should have jumped on Atlanta. They should have blew them out. And Atlanta should have been demoralized at that point. Clint Capella should not have even wanted to go up for an alley-oop by that point in the game. I'm talking about the Bucks should have had them so far blown out in the first half that they should have been ready to go home game five. And that's why... I put this on Bud. I put it on Middleton, too, but I mainly put it on Bud. And, like, I hope after the season that they trade Middleton and they fire Bud as soon as possible. I don't care. I I don't care if Middleton have these once-in-a-while games where he come through. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm not. I'm when not there. Happens, I'm not there with Chris. But I, I've said if 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 they don't if they don't win a championship, I, I, then Bud's got to go. Why, Rami, I'm sorry. It's all in front of your face, and and, and y'all want to you know, Ram. Y'all have to admit he has a point. He Middleton might have had a good game the other day, but Ram has a point about Middleton and and, and 
We need to get somebody in here better than Middleton, period. Y'all can feel about how y'all feel about Middleton all y'all want. Pull up the stats for Toronto series. Middleton was a no-show. So far, the four games, he only showed up one game. And so, because he showed up that one game, everybody, you know what I'm saying, want to, um, you know, make him out more than B because he – and then the games that Middleton do – like, he don't have good games against good defenders. Like, when he up against a good defender, Middleton don't have a good game. But then when he up against a bad defender, it, it looked good. But I'm looking for somebody who consistent against good defenders and bad defenders. Q, I, I, I appreciate the call. And, and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. You're saying a lot of what I said about Chris Middleton yesterday. And, and quite honestly, I... I don't. I don't want. I don't want to go back over that ground. And also, I'm not changing where I was on Chris Middleton based on one game because I, while we were having that conversation yesterday, I said, I don't know which Chris Middleton is going to show up tonight. He's 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 not as consistent as you'd like. Does that make him not good enough to be a number two on a championship team? I don't think so. I think he can be Giannis's number two, and this can be a championship team. I just don't I don't I don't understand how how a team comes out for three of the four first three of the first four games of a conference championship with with the the demeanor and the energy of a regular season game. I don't I don't understand how a coach lets that happen. And yeah, that comes back to the coach. Yes, these are professionals. Yes, they should show up motivated to work every day. And, and I'm always saying, don't try and compare your job to to what professional athletes do out there. It's it's not really comparable more times than not. But when it comes to managing people, when it comes to managing personalities, I, I think it is very relatable. And we all we all have days where we we don't necessarily have our A game, or we don't show up with the right energy. And it happens more often under bad leadership. And like I keep saying, it whether whether it's these guys going off and doing their own thing when we see this stupid basketball, just dumb basketball. Whether that's what they're doing or whether that's what Coach Bud is telling them to do, either way, that comes back to the coach. And either way, the lack of energy, the lack of urgency, the lack of effort in an Eastern Conference Finals comes back to the coach. KJ, West Dallas, you're on the Rami Show. What's up, KJ? Hello, my brother. Thanks for taking my call. And my I, this is KJ. There is a Kavika from Maui. I'm, I'm not him. All right. I, I'm still confused. I don't feel like figuring it out today. What you, what you got yeah. for me, KJ? Well, I, I've i got a lot of misery, man, going all the way back to Toronto, but I digress. Um, you know, this narrative about, oh, they were at the strip club. No, stop. Um, this started in game one. They came out in Milwaukee, unless they're going to strip clubs in, well, I don't know. Unless they're doing that over here, but this game, this is game one of this series, Rami. They, they they were flat in that game. I mean, how do you come out in the first game of a series and think you're just going to roll the ball out and and win a series? And then a game four when you're supposed to step on these folks' throats, you know, they don't have that killer Mamba mentality. There was no killer instinct last night, man. They had a they, wounded they animal. There was blood snake. in the water. They don't even have the garden snake mentality right now. Okay? I mean, if you want to make an analogy, they they just don't. Um, 
you know, and this happened before Giannis got hurt. This happened in the first quarter. They were done. They had they had Lou Williams punking them. Okay, we already knew pretty much. Lou that, Williams, uh, man. Yeah, Lou Williams. Come on, man. That guy's 150 years old in in basketball years, and he came out and just treated them. You know what I mean? All over the court, all over the court. So you know, let's stop with that. It's the coach. I mean, sorry, there was so how many times? I mean, you know. I don't care whether they win or lose. Bud's got to go. How many? You can't give him any more passes, I, Rami. I, I, you know I, what I mean, KJ, I appreciate the call, man. Uh, what just happened in this game? How is it seven to six now? I don't even know. I don't. I don't know if I'd be any more focused on this game if I wasn't working today because I'm still so perturbed and disturbed by what I saw last night in Atlanta. Let me try and catch myself and you up on what's going on in this Cubs-Brewers game, and then Zach Gelb is going to join me. If you're on hold, hang right there. I'll get right back to your phone calls after we talk with Zach Gelb. This game is still in the bottom of the second. This game is still in the bottom. Okay, uh, so Luis Urias homered. That made it 7-3. to three. It was a two-run homer, and then just now Tyrone Taylor safe at first on a throwing error by uh, Jake Arrieta. And uh, Adamas scores and Narvaez scores. So Cubs jump out to a 7-0 lead in the top of the first inning in the finale of Cubs and Brewers out at American Family Field. And Brewers chipping away at it. Wait, there was another run score. That got me to 7-5. What just happened now? What just happened now? What made it 7-6? to six? Whatever. I'll catch you up after the break. Zach Gelb of CBS Sports Radio. He's going to join me. Rami, in for Sparky on the Midday Madness on 1250 AM The Fan. It's the Rami Show on 1250 AM The Fan. You heard Tim there coming up with post game right after uh, that game is over out there at American Family Field. Cubs leading the Brewers 7-6. to six. That game headed to the top of the third inning. Joining me right now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, you hear this guy, Right here on 1250 AM, The Fan, and on CBS Sports Radio. Evenings, 6 o'clock locally it is. Zach Gelb. Zach, how are you this this afternoon, my friend? Rami, I'm doing all right. How are things in Milwaukee after what we think is unfortunate news with Giannis Antetokounmpo, but we don't really know what's going on for sure? Oh, sad, angry, depressed, all all the bad emotions is how we're doing here here in Milwaukee, Zach. What 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 would you expect? How would you expect we're doing here in Milwaukee after after that last night? Yeah, that's just me being kind, and I guess uh, having to ask a question when in reality I know what the answer is. And if I was the Bucks fan, I would be miserable too. But it's really been this entire NBA season. You know, when I was looking at the Western Conference, whenever I fell in love with the team, Denver, uh, okay, uh, Jamal Murray gets hurt. Then you go to the Lakers. Oh, they'll win the title. LeBron and AD gets hurt. Oh. Um, you have the injury to Kawhi Leonard. All right, the Jazz are easily going to win. Then they can't get out of the second round. In the Eastern Conference, I never believed in the Sixers this year, and I really thought the winner of the Nets and, and Bucks series was going to win the championship and get to the finals. Now, I have no clue what to think other than I've made a lot of wrong predictions, I guess, during this postseason. And, and well, I, let's, let's start here, Zach, since, since you talked about all the injuries going on around the NBA. Then we'll talk about this bucks Hawks series a little bit because some, including LeBron, have have voiced uh, d- displeasure, concern that 
the short layoff in between seasons and the compressed schedule is what's leading to a lot of these injuries. And that's that's probably got something to do with it. But when you look at some of these injuries, like Giannis's knee bends backwards no matter how much rest, no matter what schedule. Uh, uh, Kyrie twists his ankle no matter how much rest, no matter what schedule. Trey Young steps on that referee's ankle or steps on his foot and rolls his ankle no matter no matter how much rest, no matter what schedule. I don't know how much merit there is to to that that theory or hypothesis that the NBA's choices, along with the Players Association, is what's leading to all this. I, I'm with you. I think some of the injuries can be a part of it, but if you look at last night, it doesn't matter how much time Giannis had off. That is just an injury that unfortunately occurs when you get two people tangled up. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, yeah, LeBron was definitely right. I usually defend LeBron. I am a LeBron fan, but really this past year, and I know a lot of people talk about the drama and how he makes it all about himself. Um, I didn't love LeBron's approach heading into the postseason saying he'll never be 100% again. It seemed as if he was trying to set up a story for another epic postseason or giving him an excuse if he does go down. And right after, I think it was they get eliminated, he fires out those tweets talking about all the injuries. And it's just like, all right, it seems like you're – not that he needs to be in the limelight as much as he is currently, but it seems like you're just trying to put yourself back right in the forefront of the conversation. I don't think Giannis not having a full offseason, the Bucks had a lot of rats because they went home early last year, had anything to do with what we saw last night. Talking with Zach Gelb with CBS Sports Radio. I'm here evenings right here on 1250 AM, the fan and your Odyssey app. Uh, right before you came on with me, you tweeted out, how do you see Bucks hawks ending in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let me let me flip it on you. How do you see Bucks Hawks ending? Let's 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 reverse engineer this thing. How do you see it ending and then we'll work back to how you got there? Well since Charles Barkley and I probably share the same guarantee percentage in this postseason, I really should say the Hawks <laughs> in seven just so the Bucks win this series. I think I look back at that Nets and Bucks series where I thought it was over after the Nets did go up two oh and then we did see uh, James Harden come back in Game 5, Kyrie get hurt in Game 4, uh, depending on which side of the fence you lie on. You guys locally, you love Game 3. Here in New York, Game 3 was another disaster for Brooklyn in a game that many thought they should have won. That series got back to 2-2, and then going into Game 5, all the momentum was riding with the Bucks. And I think it's going to be similar in Game 5, where the Hawks probably get out to a good start, Hawks are up for a little bit, but the Bucks find a way in the fourth quarter to win the game. Then you go back to Atlanta for a game six. I actually may be going to Atlanta this weekend for game six, Ooh. so I could see the Bucks go to the NBA Finals or get eliminated in six games, depending on how game five goes. I'm going to say, though, that the Hawks win on their home court, and then in game seven, it goes back to Milwaukee, and the Bucks find a way to scratch and claw and get to the NBA championship. I don't know when Trey Young is going to return in this series. I would guess he'll be back for Game 5, how effective he will be. I don't know. I was surprised he didn't play last night, and I think everyone is just operating under the assumption that you're not going to see Giannis Antetokounmpo again in this series. But we also saw in that Nets and Bucks series, James Harden in less than 24 hours be ruled out then go to doubtful, then go to questionable, and then play 40 minutes. So long answer short, I'll take the Bucks for now in seven. Talking with Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio, here in weekday evenings right here on The Fan starting at, at 6 o'clock and on your Odyssey app. Zach, you mentioned Trey Young out in that game. 
were were you surprised, shocked, almost being somebody who doesn't watch the Bucks every night until the playoffs start at at the lack of energy and urgency that this team had when they have the Hawks right where they want them and and there's there's blood in the water and it seems like the Bucks just had no instinct to go for the kill. So obviously the big story from last night is Giannis and Giannis probably overshadows the pathetic effort that we saw in that first quarter and really in that first half. Um, I'm going to say, even though we've seen the Bucks kind of drag things out and even Justin Termini and, and Charles Barkley have said they don't adjust a lot and there's times that they do play stupid, I was still surprised that the Milwaukee Bucks couldn't get up for that game. It's almost as if they walked in thinking the game was over before it even started. And, and to be fair, I thought the game was over before it started when Trey Young, their best player for the Hawks, isn't playing. And even at halftime, when I think it was a 10-point deficit, I said to myself, they're still going to win the game because of the fact Giannis played horribly in the first half. Middleton couldn't afford if he fell out of a boat in the first half. Drew Holiday was like 2-7 from the field. They played so poorly, and there were times where they were getting back into it in the first half, then they go into half down 10. Uh, before the Giannis injury, I did think they were going to pull it out, and once Giannis goes down, then that game w- w- was all but over. But, yeah. TNT did a great job last night once they covered the whole Giannis side of it and also the Trey Young part of it with just uh, Kenny and Shaq and Charles just lambasting the lack of effort from the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think it was even Charles Barkley who turned to Je- uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, I guess, in the first quarter from what he was saying. He goes, oh, they have no energy tonight. They think this game's over. They're going to lose the game. So. A terrible effort by the Bucks last night. There's no doubt about it. I couldn't stomach any post-game discussion after that game last night, Zach. I I turned it off immediately. A lot of spotted cow, a lot of drinks. You probably go to the hard stuff, too, I would imagine, after that one, right? No, no more of just a guy who turns on Netflix and tries to forget what just happened. Like, just, just escape into a different reality. So, I think... Here's the weird part, though, Rami. Yeah. It's like Giannis... He teased them a little bit, and I don't know if I buy that report, I guess from that Clippers reporter, whoever that is. Um, hey, it wouldn't shock me if it's true because it did look that bad. You see Giannis go off the court, and I'm assuming the worst. Everyone's thinking the worst. Everyone's saying a, a four-letter word that we can't say on the radio, else you guys will never ask me back, and the dump button will have to be used. But everyone's thinking the worst, and then shortly after that, you know, I'm getting the elevator, I'm walking out of work, and I see that Giannis is, is back on the bench. That was a little bit bizarre to me, and it gave, I guess, a little bit of a false hope because I'm not optimistic about it today, just my gut feeling. It did, though, when I saw Giannis return to the bench, I was like, you know he wasn't going back in the game, but it made you think, oh, maybe this is not so serious. And then you wake up today and you go, yeah, I think this is pretty serious. Yeah, everybody's just walking on eggshells, waiting waiting to hear some news. And I don't know if we do today. If if we do, you'll hear about it first right here on 1250 AM. The fan will uh, we'll let you know if we hear anything about Giannis. What, what was – how did you feel? What were you thinking when Giannis went down? Because I know I personally – Zach, I grew up in, in Chicago, a Bulls fan. I'm 100% on the Bucks bandwagon now after 15-plus years in Milwaukee. But I, I, I felt it was – Think, let's be real. That yeah, that also helped. Um, I but I had deja vu flashbacks to Derrick Rose laying under the hoop in a very similar spot the second time that his knee blew up in Philadelphia, and and my heart just sank into my stomach, dude. I'm not I'm not even I'm not gonna lie to you, Zach, or or my listeners. I had 
tears in my eyes watching Giannis crumpled up on the court there under the hoop last night. How were you how were you feeling watching that? Did you have a sick feeling in your stomach? And I was I was pretty amazed by how quiet the stadium in Atlanta got while he was laying there. It felt like everybody felt the magnitude of this thing. It was really devastating because Giannis isn't polarizing. Giannis is such a good guy. Now, even if you're polarizing, people don't think you're a good guy. Not that we want to see an injury to that. I'm not saying that. But this is a guy that remained loyal. It seems as if everyone nationally besides me was trying to get him out of Milwaukee last year. He elects to stay. And you get through the nets and you look at the Hawks and you go, all right, the Hawks really don't have a shot in this series. And I'm assuming that not only the Bucks going to the NBA Finals, I said it was on with uh, Bart before this series started, I was convinced that the Bucks were going to win this championship and win the NBA Finals. Now, not knowing if Giannis is going to play another game, I guess you turn your attention to the Suns, but the Suns have to win tonight, or else all the pressure's on them because they blew a 3-1 lead and it goes to a Game 7. It's whoever you start to have confidence in in this NBA postseason. Something unexpected happens or there's just awful injuries that occur, and Giannis is really what every, everything about what the NBA should be about, and to see a star like that who had the postseason struggles the last two years, he has his team in the best position to win a championship in his young career, and he gets hurt, you, you hate to see it. It is the cruel and awful part of sports, and that was brutal and devastating to watch, and I just hope we get some news in the next 24 hours that still gives them an opportunity to return to this postseason, but it's tough to be optimistic right now. Hey, they should still, they could still win this series. Maybe they still win the NBA championship because I don't love any of the other th- uh, three teams alive. I-, I would like the Suns the most, but we're going to find out a lot about Chris Middleton. And I said this, um, you know, going into the postseason that he was their most valuable player. We all know that Giannis is the best player and is a back-to-back MVP award winner. Middleton, though, has had a great postseason with the game-winning shot that Tony set up against the Heat, how he finished in Game 7, even after not playing all that great in the first three quarters. And in this series, in Game 3, he outscored the Hawks in the fourth quarter with 20 points, and Atlanta only had 17. Now Chris Middleton, and no crap, it's an obvious statement without Giannis Antetokounmpo, he really needs to take his game to the next level, and we need to see some more consistency out of Drew Holiday. And maybe that's still enough to win a championship, but, man, it just stinks that Giannis got hurt last night because of how many injuries we've seen. And even if we haven't seen a lot of injuries this postseason, it would still be awful because he's that good of a dude and that great of a player. I was going to ask you if you think they can win a championship without Giannis. You haven't winning this series without Giannis, but it sounds like you, you do think it's, it's a possibility. Sun's probably the favorite, but it sounds like you give the Bucks a chance to win the whole thing, even if, even if Giannis isn't back this postseason. And we don't know yet. If you're just tuning in, I don't want you to take this out of context. Yes. We don't know anything about Giannis. I'll be very clear about that every time we talk about this hypothetical. Yeah, because I look at the Hawks. If the Hawks had a healthy Trey Young, maybe it's a different story. Maybe I feel differently about this. But until the Bucks go down, I'm still going to think they're going to be able to get the job done. And we look at the other series, the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, one night he shows up and has a real big game. The other night he's missing free throws. Um, and now DeMarcus Boogie Cousins still wants me to go out of my way to praise him. And the Suns, and they're probably the best team remaining now with Giannis out. Um, but let's remember what they had to overcome. You know, Devin Booker. Um, I know it's only a broken nose. Um, DeAndre Aiden's playing great. Chris Paul just getting over COVID. 
it's really expect the unexpected. So I would say if it was Suns Bucks tomorrow, if you asked me yesterday, I would say the Bucks would win the series in six or seven games. Now today with Giannis out, I still could see that go in six or seven games, but I would lean towards the Suns. But watch the minute when I start to have confidence in the Suns, and someone unfortunately will get hurt there because that's been this entire postseason. That's Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio. Catch him weeknights at six right here on the Fan and on your Odyssey app. After our last talk, Zach, you sent me, you DM'd me pictures of your calves. You slid into my DMs with pictures of your calves, and uh, you'll be you'll be pleased to know. I didn't report you to HR. I, I, I didn't I did not report you. You're all good, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I'm gonna take a play out of Jay Will's playbook. I think I got hacked. That wasn't <laughs> me who sent those photos to you. They are impressive, I have to say. We you 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 touted your calves last after Sparky talked about it, that I brought it up, and then you sent me pictures. I got they live up they live up to the hype, Zach. I don't know I don't know what you're doing, but they live up to the hype, man. It's all natural. No steroids for yours truly. I'm not Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. You got it. There's that, there's that help joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. He was quicker on the trigger finger than I was to hang up. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Wrap up Sparky's Midday Madness right after this on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami in for Sparky. The Rami show starts at 3 o'clock. Tim Allen and the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin baseball postgame show driven by Great Lakes Dragway coming up as soon as Brewers and Cubs are done doing battle out at American Family Field. Top of the fourth there with one out. Cubs put up seven in the top of the first. Brewers chipping away at it. It's seven to six now in the top of the fourth. Again, Tim standing by for postgame as soon as that game is over. This portion of the show is brought to you by Hupy and Abraham. Injured, call Hupy and Abraham. Voted best, rated best year after year. Hupy and Abraham. Visit Hupy.com today. Sponsor of our Milwaukee Pro Basketball coverage right here on the fan. I feel like, uh, I don't know, like I uh, I can't go on with my life until I know what's going on with Giannis. And I know a lot of people are feeling that way. A couple of people have already tweeted me a report about Giannis that's out there about his injury, about how long he'll be out. I'm not reading that yet. This person, no, no offense to this person. I don't see a check mark. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're getting your information from. You don't have a ton of followers. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I, I'm I'm not going with that just yet. But I I will say I have zero expertise. All right, guys, no expertise other than just a lot of knee injuries myself. I was encouraged by the fact that not that he did walk from the locker room out to the bench then back to the locker room last night because, you know, pro athlete, Giannis, is, Giannis is, a, is, a, is a gamer. You heard Coach Bud talk last night after the game that you're going to have to fight to keep him off the court and away from his teammates, blah, blah, blah. Um, of course, he was going to try to do that. He was going to try to walk on it. He was going to try to walk back out to the, to the court. He probably wanted to play. He was probably trying to convince them to let him play last night because that's, that's what a player would do. But the fact that the training staff would let him do that was encouraging to me. That they, A, let him walk back to the locker room under his own power with a little bit of help from Thanasis and and the training staff. But then to walk back out from the locker room to the bench, I found somewhat encouraging. 
Not to say that you can always diagnose like a, a major knee injury right there on the spot, but usually they can feel around in there. And if they feel something like that, they're, they're not letting you walk around. Now, this morning, Dr. Robert Clapper, who is an ES, uh, orthopedic surgeon, he, he's a radio host on ESPN, one of their medical guys. He tweeted out this morning, and I will I will read this. I will go with this because it's nothing definitive. This is just his his medical opinion based on what he saw and what the Bucks said it was, which was a hyperextended knee. And he said hyperextended knees tear the capsule first. If the energy is severe, it will damage the ligaments that are deeper in the joint. Those are the PCL and the ACL. Now, this is just... He's not saying that either of those things will happen, that it will tear the capsule or that the the energy was severe enough to damage the ligaments, the, AC, the PCL and the ACL. But he's saying that's what can happen when a knee is hyperextended. And I retweeted that this morning, just saw it. I thought, here's a, an expert medical opinion speculating based on what he saw and what the report is. And people were none too kind in the response. I understand we're all on edge here. I understand that. But there's no reason to go clapping back at Dr. Robert Clapper because he's telling you what this could be based on what he saw and what the Bucks said it was, which was a hyperextended knee. It doesn't mean it is a torn capsule. It doesn't mean that it is a torn ACL or PCL. He's just saying that it could be that if the hyperextension was severe enough. If anything definitive comes out, like I said, there's stuff floating around. There's stuff circulating around. I will leave that up to you if you want to seek it out. But if we know anything definitive or trustworthy or credible, we will get it to you right here on 1250 AM The Fan. This has been Steve Sparky's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer's show, Sparky's Midday Madness. I'll hit a quick break, and then I want to talk about moving forward now. If they are going to be without Giannis moving forward and how you feel about this team's chances. My thanks again to Zach Gelb for coming on. If you missed that, it'll be up shortly at 1250 AM The Fan and over there on your Odyssey app. I am Rami Makhlouf in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on Sparky's Midday Madness. The Rami Show starts next right here on 1250 AM The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.